Coming up on This Week in Games, Apple aggregates premium games under one subscription service. Nintendo may have two new Switches on the market, and Overwatch's Philadelphia team gets a $50 million arena. Coming up This Week in Games. that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown i'm your host eric mcconnell and this was a jam-packed week full of post gdc news this is almost like a week where all the deals that were made at gdc start to surface and i think we'll start to see more and more of those emerge you know more business plans for upcoming new marketplaces emerge and so on and so on also we're kind of in that like wasteland between gdc and e3 where like I like to call it rumor land because the press just starts singing like shit just starts to leak and I don't know we got a lot of things underway this week so let's kick it off Apple and Bill's Apple Arcade and iOS subscription service Apple is supporting the premium mobile game market by aggregating games that do not utilize IAPs under a single subscription service so these games have no in-app purchases no ads no additional subscriptions and no additional purchases needed for any content in the game. So these are your premium games, the games that you pay $5, you get the entire game, you get everything. Interesting, Apple Arcade will launch with 100 brand new titles that'll be exclusive to Apple Arcade. And this is mobile exclusive, so some of these titles will still launch on uh, kind of like the indie stores on the Switch, but 100 brand new titles, these aren't like aggregating old titles, 100 brand new titles for Apple Arcade at launch pretty crazy apple arcade will launch in the fall of 2019 but big but pricing details for users are unknown at the time and the additional details like funding for development of developers and ip ownership for developers is unknown so pretty much everything's unknown at this time now to me this is smart play on apple's part premium gains like are your constant award winners they win awards they win you know, accolades, you know, you never see a free-to-play game like Clash of Clans isn't winning like some kind of design award or excellence in narratives. And premium games are a lot less predatorial in the experience for the player, but the problem with premium games is they get a fraction of the downloads because you have to pay up front, and they get an abysmal fraction of the revenue compared to their free-to-play cousins. So, you know, you have a free-to-play game that's free to download, and then, you know, payers end up paying like, $20 on average in the game versus a premium game that's $3 a download. You might only get like 15,000 people to download that game. It's it's not even comparable. For users, this is a great deal. And I only say that mainly because I'm assuming the monthly cost will range between $5 and maybe $15. I assume they're trying to get a $9.99 or $4.99 like price tag. $15 is probably a little too expensive, but you know, again, $10 a month is nothing compared to small free-to-play game purchases, honestly. And for developers, we'll have to see what these questions are answered with because either this could be an amazing opportunity or this could suck. You know, either Apple could fund your development of your iOS game for 100 k get you on the market, and then maybe give you a bonus depending on hours played or number of people subscribe who play your game, or, you know, Apple can say, if you're a premium game, you're not going to get played unless you're in the subscription service. 
we're going to give you a tiny amount of money and guess what we're going to own the ip and own all the rights to your game and it has to be exclusive to apple and you can't release anywhere else so we'll have to see how these uh developer questions are answered and for apple this aggregates you know all their amazing premium games that get no love to begin with and it's a very simple play all you want model it's great the one thing i'll say about this whole thing is the cynical side of me thinks that human beings borderline are too pre-programmed to be affected like we're too pre-programmed that we're affected by various free-to-play techniques that still we'll sadly choose all this gated bullshit gotcha machines on you know ios rather than paying for a subscription service of amazing games that don't try to steal your money so (laughs) apple please prove me wrong but uh yeah we'll have to see you know maybe Honestly, this would be amazing if this was the future. You know, this was the Netflix model. Netflix shells out money to top-end developers. Um, Like maybe 10% of all Apple Arcade developers are getting piles of money. And then the rest, 90%, are people who wouldn't get any money. So they're just getting their game funded and they're happy and everyone in between. So if if that's the case if everyone's happy users and developers this is amazing so again let's wait and see let's see the pricing for the users let's see the developer deals start to surface and uh yeah good job apple all right rumor mill the wall street journal is reporting two new switch models to be revealed at e3 or by e3 or around e3 by nintendo probably at the nintendo direct on e3 The rumor is there'll be one higher-end console targeted to, quote, avid gamers, and the other one is a slightly lower-cost casual console targeted to replace the 3DS. The Wall Street Journal tech reporter Takashi Mochizuki elaborated on the article, quoting a source who claimed that the new hardware is, quote, different from the original, and you'd be surprised, end quote. That's really intriguing. You know, I really didn't care until that you'd be surprised part. And... I'm sure they're probably talking about the lower-end model. So my interest peaked with the last quote. Honestly, all this pre-E3 hearsay is interesting, but we'll have to see what comes out. But the reason I say it's probably the lower-end model because they're effectively killing the 3DS. You know, if you have a portable, cheaper Switch, why do you need a 3DS? You can play basically modern-generation console games. Stop supporting the 3DS. It doesn't make sense to keep it around unless you really like the terrible 3D effects. And yeah, I really foresee like something as sturdy as a 3DS, but just a little cheaper. I mean, the graphics are a little worse. And then I plan to see for the high-end Avid gamers or whatever, you know, maybe something a little, little higher end. I don't know. Can they push more graphics? Who cares about graphics? It's a Nintendo console. You know, I'm curious to see maybe battery life, maybe extra peripherals, who knows. But the Switch is really an amazing console, so let's see what the souped-up version looks like. All right, more teasers ahead. Valve <laughs> Valve vaguely teases their VR headset. Who knew? Who knew Valve was going to finally release some more hardware? Valve has reportedly been trying to their hand at AR and VR for years, and the AR division more famously faring a bit worse than the VR division. I even covered it a, a few weeks ago that I think four people from the AR division of Valve were let go. And then many years ago, famously, Valve shut down the entire AR division, but let them keep the patents for the AR devices they created. So 
AR not faring, <laughs> faring very well, Valve, VR doing pretty good. The headset itself, you guys can check out the images, they were leaked. They weren't leaked, uh, Valve put them up themselves, but they're very like cryptic and vague. The headset itself looks very, very small. I'm actually impressed with how small it is and how kind of nice it looks because I'm assuming Valve's at least trying to be competitive with the HTC Vive. From the looks of it, there's looks like there's a couple of tracking cameras and there's this weird slider that no one knows what it does on it. Everything's super vague, but I'm hoping Valve can kickstart the VR industry with like really a true first flagship hardware because you have the Oculus Rift, you have the HTC Vive, you have Sony VR, you have you have all these VR things. We really need one device that's like very intuitive at the right price point but gives the right wow experience everyone gets behind and develops for this like one device. I don't know. I still, I'm not, I'm so bearish on VR. I just don't know. Also more interesting news, follow, following up on Stadia, Project X Cloud, and whatever Amazon, Verizon, and EA are doing, Tencent opens their cloud gaming platform for public beta. So Tencent's start, that's the name of it, start will be the latest interest Latest entry into the emerging cloud gaming space, residents of Shanghai and Guangzhou will be able to sign up for online appointments to beta test Start. Start must refer to the beta because um, I'm pretty sure Tencent and Intel dubbed their joint cloud gaming venture Instaplay earlier this month. But, you know, more competition is always better, especially for a buddy market, and it's a good sign to me, the fact that all these players are jumping into the market interested in this space and actually releasing betas and products and details and everything that must mean they all think a lot of gold is up for grabs because you know if you think about it, all these companies kind of have like ar or vr projects and none of them release them because or if they do release them they half-ass release them because you know they don't believe in the product but the fact that everyone is going so hard in cloud gaming they must all believe in it this must actually be kind of like what i say is the next gold rush Good sign for more competition for us as users. All right, next up. Vicarious Vision founders create Velen Studios and sign a publishing deal for, with EA. So Velen Studios Velen Studios will join Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment and Rock's band developer Harmonix under EA Partners. EA Partners is EA's publishing wing that works with independent studios, so EA won't buy out or own a part of the studio. I'm pretty sure under this, like EA Partners 2, the independent studios also keep the IP of the games that are published under EA. I could be wrong, though. Vicarious Vision focuses on, focused on AAA space, like, and they've worked on a lot of series like Guitar Hero, Skylanders, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, and Destiny 2. However, this Velen Studios will focus on mixed reality and wah, wah, wah. You guys know this. I hate mixed reality companies because they always end up like science project or two-hour experiential demos, but we don't really have a killer app. The one interesting thing is, is like EA Partners has heavy hitters under it, and I don't see EA as the type of company that has the tolerance to just invest in crap just because it's like an interesting, uh, you know, novel concept. I don't know. I don't know. If anyone listen to this podcast you know i think ar and vr are still in the novel phase and we haven't figured out what the monster game is like on ar and vr don't see it happening prove me wrong Velen studios speaking of ea <laughs> this is terrible terrible segue ea lays off an estimate 
350 employees as it shuts down its Japan and Russia offices. So almost 4% of all EA's global workforce was let go this week. This comes after EA laid off 54 Australian employees at Fire Monkey Studios. The reasoning is, I guess, kind of the same shit as last time, where it's like the poor performance of Battlefield V, Q4 missing revenue forecast, blah, 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 blah. Also, I haven't seen like 100% solid numbers for Anthem. I have to imagine Anthem didn't remotely hit uh, kind of what EA hoped it would hit. And frankly, EA is just very, 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 very lucky for Apex Legends and its kind of random meteoric rise. So, sucks for EA employees in Japan and Russia. Hope you guys do better. Um, find a new job. All right. Finally, Microsoft removes all references of creator Notch in their latest Minecraft patch. So, this is kind of a footnote, but it's a little bit of drama, so I wanted to throw it in. Marcus Notch person has been scrubbed from Minecraft due to corporate image damage control. <coughs> so, quotes made by Notch and, quote, the work of Notch were hidden in Minecraft, and these were scrubbed as part of the sanitation. The image problem comes as Notch, who is a billionaire and retired, and famously, side story, Notch uh, actually outbid it Jay-Z and Beyonce for a house on the Hollywood, I think it was the Hollywood Hills, or it was Bel Air or Beverly Hills, one of those, he outbid them for like a billion dollar house and like stole it from them. Like that's how much money he has. Um, Notch, retired billionaire, has been stirring up controversy with tweets like, I'd rather be a fascist cunt than have a feminine dick. Not going to win over fans in this climate with that, Notch. You should know better. I mean, for God's sakes, Minecraft is like a kid's game. No one from Microsoft took your shit off there. Makes sense. Can't promote someone who's writing quite crazy tweets like that in a game that you paid the rights for and, frankly, you outright own uh, all the IP and rights for. I haven't really kept up with what Notch is doing, but it's not good to see a retired billionaire in L.A. doing nothing but stirring up shit on Twitter. Like, maybe you should go back to making small games. That's my opinion. All right, let's kick off some business news. The Philadelphia Fusion, Philadelphia's Overwatch team, is getting the new $50 million arena. What? I don't believe it. Overwatch sucks. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I don't like Overwatch. But I, I just can't see Overwatch's, uh, Overwatch a, Overwatch League doing good enough to warrant a $50 million arena. That is not even a $1 million arena. So uh, Philadelphia Fusion owner Comcast Spectre is investing in a 3,500-seat venue, which will sit in the middle of Philadelphia Sports Complex between three large sports complex centers. Those are the Wells Fargo Center, home to the Philadelphia Flyers, Lincoln Financial Field, home to the Philadelphia Eagles, and Citizen Bank Park, home to the Philadelphia Phillies. And this new arena is slated open 2021. I'm sorry for all of you who don't know what sports ball is. The Philadelphia Flyers are a hockey team, the Eagles are a football team, and the Phillies are a baseball team. There. My bad. Okay. The story is a bit misleading. I think we all know that this isn't built solely for the Overwatch team. Not even like might, kind of like halfway or quarter way for the Overwatch team, if I had to say. The Philadelphia Inquirer has stated that the Fusion Arena will also host everything from TED Talks to K-pop concerts, and is planning for 120 events total every year. So there you go. Reality, this is kind of like an all-purpose small arena sitting in the middle of the sports complex that will host smaller concert and events 
but it's still great for Overwatch to have such a legitimate arena in the city of brotherly love. Good job. All right. We got three business news. Kabam acquires mobile studio Ripost Games & Co. They're the developers of Miniguns and Dungeon Stars, and now owned by Kabam. Kabam will be taking over publishing of Miniguns and an unannounced future title. Next up, 1939 Games raises $3.6 million in a venture round. I don't know what a venture round is. I know Angel Seed, Series A, Series B, blah, 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 blah. Venture round. Is that like when you go on Shark Tank? Anyways, Tencent, Sisu, Game Ventures, and Crowberry Capital believe in the Icelandic studio and their World War II card game, Cards. And that's Cards with a K because... Maybe in Iceland, that's how you spell cards. I don't know. I actually saw 1939 in their World War II card game at GDC. They had a booth in the Expo Center in the corner. Um, yeah, good to know they had success at GDC. They seem to have a lot of people always around it, like asking questions and pretty interested. In it. So, you know, I, I mean, good job. Seems like you guys uh, hit it out of the park. And finally, low-stakes tournament platform players around. Players Lounge raises three million in a third seed round. How do you have three seed rounds? They've had one every year. You got to move on to Series A, guys. Everyone is esports seems to be the theme these days, and more smaller tournament platforms are popping up with skills. Probably as the top dog. This is another like low-level competitor. Players Lounge is a buy-in-based, low-stakes tournament platform. Players pay a small fee to win a small amount of money in a tournament from other players. This is legal because video games are skill-based, so it's not considered gambling, so everyone can participate, even in America. That's right. The one interesting, the only reason I included this in is because <laughs> this had the most interesting funding partners ever. All right, Players Lounge. VentureBeat reports the investor list is quite the cast and crew, starting off with Drake, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick, former Yahoo CEO Marissa Mayer, Comcast, Macro Ventures, Canon, RRE, and Quartzsite. That, how the hell did you get Drake and Marissa Mayer? Come on. You guys should know better. <laughs> you guys should know better. All right. Let's end this with uh, some sad news. Um, Take-Two founder Ryan Brandt dies at the age of 49. So... Very sad. Brant found it Take Two in 1993, and he served as the company's CEO until 2001. His reign kind of like is pretty legendary. He took Take Two public in an IPO in 1997, and he purchased the rights to Grand Theft Auto in 1998, which also led to the formation of Rockstar Games. I used to work there. Um, sad to see such a force in the industry die at a young age. This guy. I mean, frankly, created one of the biggest publishers on the planet right now. Take-Two still lives on as one of the biggest publishers to this day. So, pretty sad. Um, yeah, stay healthy, people. All right, that's it. I'm Eric McConnell. That's it for this week in games. Come back next week, and we'll do it all again with all new news. Take care, guys. Bye.